Welcome back to the One God Report podcast. This is Bill Schlegel. The title of this episode is The Mystery of the Trinity Solved, Part 2. If you haven't listened to Part 1 yet, you may want to do that. But a quick summary, we saw in Part 1 that the mystery of the Trinity is not a biblical mystery. The mystery of the Trinity claim comes from after the Bible was written. No one in the Bible ever declared that God is a three-in-one mystery. Only hundreds of years after the Bible was written did people begin to claim the Trinity was a mystery, not only because they couldn't understand it, but because they know that to claim that God is three persons is difficult to align with the biblical claim that God is one. Now, in this current episode, we examine more problems with the Trinity mystery claim. Chief among those problems is that the Trinity mystery claim directly contradicts explicit biblical revelation that we can know and understand who the one God is, the Father. So another problem with the Trinity mystery claim, is this really mystery or is it contradiction and confusion? It seems that Trinitarians use the word mystery as a substitute word for what is really contradiction or confusion. Using the word mystery puts a sugar coating on what is really contradiction. Instead of saying, I believe in a contradiction, Trinitarians are taught to use language that has a more positive sound. I believe in a mystery, something I can't really understand. But the three-in-one God claim really is a contradiction even though Trinitarians insist that it isn't. And if it is not a contradiction, then why is it a mystery? Why is there so much confusion about what the Trinity is, and why are there so many different contradictory attempts to explain what it is? Trinitarians can't have it both ways. If the Trinity is not a contradiction, then there is no mystery to it. As mentioned in the previous podcast, the Trinitarian mystery goes something like this, The Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God, but they, or He, is one God. This is not a confusing contradiction, it's a mystery. So Trinitarians insist that they are not saying that God is one thing and three things, of the same thing at the same time, if you can follow what I'm saying. They insist that the three God persons can be one God essence, or that the three whos can be one what. But this claim is itself a kind of language trick that changes the meaning of the word God within the claim itself. For the sake of clarity, Trinitarians need to decide if the word God means one person or three. For example, each individual grape, the fruit of the vine, a grape, each individual grape is a grape. But grapes together can be a cluster. A different word, cluster, is used for the more than one grape together. But an individual grape is not a cluster. Let me illustrate the contradiction of the Trinitarian mystery declaration by making a declaration 
where I will use a different word instead of God, in which I won't change the meaning of the word from one part of the sentence to the next. I'll use the word son, S-O-N, a father and a son. I'll use the word son. Here's my declaration. Zach is my son. Isaiah is my son. And Eitan is my son. But they, or he, is one son. Now, this is not a confusing contradiction. It's a mystery. Unquote. So, if you can make three who are God into one God and call them he, then I can make three who are son into one son and call them he. Of course, this would be an absurd language trick, but this is what the Trinitarian claim tries to do. Now, the next problem with the Trinitarian mystery claim is that this mystery promotes ignorance, not understanding. Mystery not only encourages and glorifies contradiction and confusion, but can promote complacent ignorance. Mystery gives the Christian an excuse to ignore the irrationality and contradictions of his beliefs and stay comfortable in ignorance and even lies. A 2020 LifeWay research survey found that 75% of Americans would say they believe in the doctrine of the Trinity, but at the same time, a majority of that 75% held beliefs about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit that would be considered heretical and damnable by Trinitarian theologians and church doctrinal statements. The doctrine of the Trinity is responsible for this ignorance, misunderstanding, and confusion. Complacent ignorance is not only encouraged, but is really demanded, as believers dare not question the uncertainties of the supposed mysterious triune nature of God. The Trinitarian mystery attempts to end conversation or scrutiny. To claim that the triunity of God is a mystery means it cannot be challenged. Mystery tries to shield Trinitarian Christianity from giving an account, giving Trinitarian Christianity an excuse to not have to explain ideas about God that directly contradict clear teachings of the scriptures. The next point, positive mystery Many Christians think that it is good that we can't understand how God can be three in one. This supposed paradox or contradiction is actually a positive mystery. The claim goes something like this, quote, We should not be able to understand the nature of God. We believe in it because it is a mystery. If I could understand it, I wouldn't believe it because I can't understand God, unquote. Now, I admit to rationalizing away the contradictions of a triune God this way in my past, in this kind of glorification of the logic of ignorance. But as I noted in the previous podcast, I was confusing the transcendent wonders of the one individual God with a non-biblical, impossible-to-understand, man-made contradiction. To make the triunity of God a positive mystery is really to glory in nonsense. 
contradiction, and confusion. Again, believing in the mystery of the Trinity is not something the Bible requires. The Bible never encourages glorying or boasting in the three-in-one God mystery. It was only centuries after the Bible was written that Christians began to boast in the mysterious non-clarity as to who or what the triune God is. The next point, gatekeepers of the mystery religion. The mystery of the Trinity was a concept created by theological elites, and the mystery claim tends to benefit the ecclesiastical authorities. The mystery can keep common people under the authority and power of gatekeeper guardians. The parishioner's role is to accept by faith what the gatekeepers declare, and woe to anyone who in the least way questions the gatekeeper's non-biblical assertions. As my friend Force Moretti stated in his book, Red Pill Gospel, Christianity Before It Was Ruined by Christians, and see the One God Report podcast number 22, where I interviewed Forrest. Forrest explains how God went to great pains to reveal himself to mankind, but mystery wants to put God's clear revelation into unclear fog. The beautiful, pure, compelling story of the gospel of God's work through the man Jesus of Nazareth is perverted by man into non-biblical foggy mystery. Theological elites, be they popes, pastors, priests, or professors, can maintain their own positions and status by asserting this great triune mystery and require the common person to accept the mystery or face intimidation, social and economic expulsion, and historically, sometimes even death. Having gatekeepers to a mystery is a recipe for control, manipulation, subjugation, greed, and pride. The next topic, even though it's a mystery that cannot be understood, listen to the explanations of it. Despite claims that the Trinity is a mystery and impossible to understand, Thousands of hours have been spent over hundreds of years to explain it and understand it. These intelligent folks use logic to discover and proclaim the triune divine mystery and then condemn logic for questioning the mystery. The effort to explain the triunity of God by some of the brightest Christian minds is evidence that Christianity is not really comfortable with the triune mystery. So much effort to explain and understand something that is not understandable, and still there is no agreement over what the Trinity is, and the majority of average Christians hold heretical views about what the Trinity is. Listen to the experts try to explain the Trinity. They mumble and jumble without any real help from the biblical text. Instead, they're reduced to Greek philosophical jargon and contradiction. Here are a couple of examples. Listen to Ravi Zacharias explain the necessity of a Trinity mystery to have unity in diversity. 
The only way to explain unity and diversity in the effect is if you've got unity and diversity in the first cause, and only in the Trinity is there unity and diversity in the community of the Trinity. Dizzying logic and intellect, and all so non-biblical. And now listen to R.C. Sproul. Where the two natures of Christ are taught, that Christ is one in person, Jesus is one in person, two in nature, two in essence. This one person has a divine essence and a human essence, right? So there you do have two essences in one person, just the opposite of the Trinity, one essence, three persons. You got it? Well, no, R.C., I didn't quite get it. Can you show me Bible passages that explain that Jesus is two essences in one person, just the opposite from the Trinity, which is one essence, three persons? So not only the average person does not understand the triune mystery, but even though they try hard, theological elites don't understand it either. That's why it is a mystery. Should we really trust someone who declares that we must believe a theory about God that the person himself doesn't understand, especially when the theory about God is not described in the Bible and directly contradicts clear biblical declarations about who God is? Perhaps 1 Timothy 1, 5-7 is pertinent here, where Paul says, Some have strayed, understanding neither what they say nor what they affirm. Clarity about who God is is biblical, not uncertainty and mystery. The next problem with the mystery of the Trinity, putting faith in the wrong place. Trinitarian mystery removes the requirement of saving faith in the one individual God who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead. Instead, people's faith is diverted to a contradiction, to faith in a less-than-clear mystery. To, quote, be saved, in Trinitarianism, a person is required to believe in something the Bible does not require, what one doesn't understand, and what one perceives to be a contradiction. But the Bible is crystal clear about what belief is necessary for salvation. Quoting Paul, Romans 10.9, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Unquote. No mention at all of a triune God mystery or a mystery of God becoming man. The next problem, an attack on the fatherhood of God. Trinitarianism tries to make the one God, Yudhe Vavhe, which is the personal name of God, Trinitarianism tries to make the one God, Yudhe Vavhe, into an impersonal abstract essence, an it shared by three persons. But the biblical Yudhe Vavhe is one individual a he who speaks, acts, loves, gives life, and destroys. 
The Bible makes confession of the single personhood of God a requirement for saving faith. You can see the show notes for references. We will as well look at a few in just a moment. And the single individual who is God in the Bible is described as the Father. The mystery of the Trinity is therefore an attack on the fatherhood of God as it attempts to replace the one true God of the Bible, the Father, with something else, a tri-personal composite it, an essence that is not him. The next topic, and finally, and probably most important, contradicting the Bible. What the Bible says about who God is, it's no mystery. The scriptures do not proclaim a mystery faith concerning how many persons God is. Nor does the Bible require a belief in a Trinitarian mystery. Acceptance and belief in the mystery proclamations concerning a multi-person God are only the speculations of later non-apostolic Trinitarian theologians. But in contrast to the triune God mystery claims, the Bible proclaims a God that we can understand and know. Listen to a few of these references that emphasize the fact that we can understand, there's no mystery to it, we can understand and know the one true God, the Father. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 35, speaking to Israel, Moses says, To you it was shown that you might know that Yudhe is God. There is no other besides Him, singular personal pronoun. Deuteronomy 4.39, know therefore this day. There's no mystery here. Know therefore this day and lay it to heart that Yudhe is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. There is no other. Deuteronomy 32.6, do you thus repay Yudhe you foolish and senseless people? Is not he your father who created you, who made you, and established you. Jeremiah 9.24, God speaking through Jeremiah the prophet, says, But let him who glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am Yudhe who does steadfast love, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these things I delight, says Yudhe we can understand and know the singular person who is God. Malachi 2.10 Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Psalm 100 verse 3 Know that Yudhe He is God, not they. There's no they in God in the Bible. It is He who made us, and we are His we're not theirs. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And then if we go to the New Testament, this becomes even clearer. Jesus says in John chapter 17, verse 1 to 3, Father, this is eternal life to know you, the only true God, 
See, the understanding, there's knowledge to know you, the only true God, and Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, whom you have sent. Paul prayed in Ephesians 1, chapter 17 and 18, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. It's not a mystery. There's wisdom and there's knowledge of who the one true God is. Paul says, as for us, there is one God, the Father, 1 Corinthians 8, 6. 1 Timothy 2, 4 and 5, Paul says, God desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Here again is knowledge and understanding of truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, a man Christ Jesus. In the book of Acts, Paul attempted to move the Gentiles in Athens from a belief in an unknown what deity to a belief in a singular personal who God and to know God's human Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, whom God raised from the dead. Acts 17, 23 Paul says, what therefore you worship as unknown, it's a mystery, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, because he, the singular personal God, he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. 1 John 5.20, a verse that ironically is sometimes used by deity of Christ believers, says that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding to know him who is true. The Son of God has come not to make a cloudy mystery, as the Trinitarians want to claim, but to give us understanding to know him, the one true God. So I encourage my Trinitarian friends to trade mystery for reality and confidence in the clear declarations of Scripture. Understanding from the Bible that God, Yudhe is one, and that Jesus is his, God's, human son, and Messiah gives me a renewed and more certain confidence in the Word of God. Our confidence is not in some human constructed mystery, the three persons in one nature God. And by the way, the same applies for the so-called mystery of the two natures in one person Jesus. Mysteries that the Word of God does not describe. But my confidence, my faith, is in the reality of the clearly described one God, Yudhe the Father, and his resurrected, glorified human Son, the Messiah Jesus. Yishma'u anavim the humble will hear and rejoice.